Good morning, Vietnam. Oh. Yeah, it's a callback. We've done that one before. I think we have. Which I just always think about that movie. You whenever. always think about I wake that up movie. and I say, good morning to Vietnam. Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> That's what your little Siri is programmed to say. Yes, yeah, yes, it says, good morning, Vietnam. How may I serve you today? <laughs> or whatever. I don't even know how Siri talks because I don't use that. I don't use Siri either. No one should. It's creepy. It's weird. It's also like your phone is fully automated. Yeah. Like what, what my mom uses is like big on Siri. I'm like, how much time are you saving right now? Yeah. And then she mishears you and you're like, no, you know. Yeah. My mom was always like, Siri, send a text. Kelly, comma. How are you? <laughs> Question mark. I'm like, why? Yeah. Type it. Um, but this is FOH. It's a service industry podcast. I'm Lillian Devane. I'm Kelly Sullivan. And we're fitting to talk about restaurants and stuff. Uh, caveat, if you're blind, you can use Siri. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> I'll allow it if you're blind. <laughs> if you're blind. <laughs> Vision impaired. Whatever. Um, cool. We had a wild week. Wild one. Yeah. We kind of did. We really did, actually. Um, we went to... Um, we went to Estella together, which was really fun. Mm-hmm. Just kind of a nice, quiet, romantic dinner in the middle of a thunderstorm. It was. It was very crazy. Yeah. It was like, because they open, it's on Houston, and they open like the whole front window yep. to the street. And it was like raining so hard. There was lightning. We were right in the thick of it. Yeah, it was very dramatic. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had a lovely dinner. We had some delicious wine. Um, Brittany. Brittany Myrick who works there really styled us out as yeah. they say. Shout out. Thank Shout you. Shout out. Me. Thank you so much. It was so fun. Um, yeah, we had a great time. We did a little fancy Delicious. dinner. Yeah. It was really yummy. Yeah. Um, and then, so that was kind of like a pre birthday. It was my birthday yesterday. Um, and, uh, as of this recording, and then I had my actual birthday yesterday, which I was like very hell bent on having, uh, like kind of a nothing birthday. Mm-hmm. And then I just made it into the worst birthday I've ever had in my life, yeah. which I think I just like really wanted for some reason, but it was like way worse than I ever thought possible. Yeah. Um, I won't go into two. Well, I will because it's my podcast, but essentially just to give you an idea. And then I'll talk about my dinner briefly, which was like the climax mm-hmm. of the day. But I had a full panic attack, which I haven't had in like, actual years and (laughs) I mean I guess if you're like a white woman in Brooklyn you have to have a mental breakdown on the street at some point it's just sort of like how it goes you know you haven't if are you really a New Yorker you know yeah but um I it was the last time I had a panic attack was in the streets of Harvard Square during Christmas time when there was like a choir singing and it was like very cinematic you know what I mean very Josh Lyman yes exactly like I was like shopping and then I just started like you know spinning and anyways um so this time equally cinematic my own birthday yeah gorgeous day I'm hyperventilating in Greenpoint anyways complete meltdown and then I was like you know what I just want to keep it chill I don't want to go out to like a fancy to-do dinner I just want to have dinner at this really good Thai restaurant in Woodside. Um, I've never been to it. It's so close to my house. Let's just walk there. So 
We walk over. Everything's fine. It's a huge menu. It's mm-hmm. like very. It's one of those like kind of a crazy place. Like yeah, you don't get courses. Like stuff's just kind of thrown at you. Whatever. And um, <laughs> we have some beers. I order some stuff. And like one of the items on the menu, it's like they have pictures next to the, you know, menu items. But you kind of have to get like. I don't know. It's like very, very intense, like authentic Thai food. So it's like a lot of the stuff I just am not familiar with. So I ordered this thing that was supposed to be fried catfish. It said fried catfish, but I looked, the picture looked like really weird. And I was like, so is this, and there's obviously like a language barrier. And I was like, so is this like pieces of fried catfish? Like whole, like, you know, yeah. pieces of it. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, cool. Then that's, we'll have that please. It comes to our table and it's like, <laughs> it's like a powdered clump of it's like powdered fish essentially interesting and i was like you know what i've never seen this before but also i don't really want this like i just don't want it yeah um it looked like a dried sponge essentially with like a weird little salad next to it and i was like i'm not super i just do want like fried fish you know yeah which is delicious and for me personally i didn't wasn't interested in the sponge thing so we like really don't see our server again. It's very chaotic, but we're not, eat- we haven't touched it actually. I just was like, I don't want this. So kind of towards the end of the meal, <laughs> I kind of find our server and I was like, Hey, I was like, I'm super sorry. I thought I was ordering something else. I actually just like, don't want this. I thought it was like the pieces of, you know, I tried to like explain myself and he was like, what? He like looked <laughs> so upset. And I was like, no, you're totally fine. I was like, that's you're what- like, I thought it was going to be like, and he just like looked so horrified and I was like you're totally fine I was like I just I messed up and I just thought it was something different there was just a miscommunication but I just he was like you don't want this I was like no no thanks like you know and he looks so horrified and I was like fuck what is going on so then this other woman comes over and she's like he has to pay for that now and I go I'm sorry I'm sorry like what and she's like you ordered this and you're sending it back and now he has to pay for it and i go oh she's like or you have to pay for it and i was like okay listen i was like there was a miscommunication i tried to explain what happened i was like it's not his fault like i don't want him to get in trouble i just i don't want this i thought i was getting something else and she's like well now he has to pay for it and i go that's a bad policy and i start getting upset because i'm like having a terrible day yeah i just wanted a chill dinner and now i'm like that's a bad policy. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? I've never heard of this in my life. Yeah. And I'm getting really angry. And she's like, and I stand up and I was like, cancel our last beers. I want the check right now. I was like, this is crazy. You're like, charge the bartender for those beers. I was like, yeah. I was like, fuck this. Yeah. And she's like, well, that's how it works. And I was like, well, that's crazy to me. I'm sorry. I was, and then he's upset and I was like, fuck, cause I don't want him to get in trouble. Yeah. So my boyfriend's like, why don't you just step out of the restaurant? Like he basically makes me leave. And I was like, fucking fine. And it was a whole thing. And then she was like, fine, we're taking it off your check. And I was like, yeah, that's great. I'm like, thanks so much. Question mark. I was like, this is insane. Yeah. Insane. Totally ruined my whole meal. I was like, why? And obviously there was like a language barrier stuff and I'm not like, I try to explain it and, and, but that's the thing is like, if you know, there might be a language barrier, mistakes happen. Like yeah. miscommunications happen. It's a huge menu. Like 
that's just like basic level. Like I wasn't being like, this is disgusting. I don't want it. I was like, sorry, this is the situation. Like, yeah, it was crazy. It's also like that happens. Like there are just times like someone orders something, they receive it for whatever, for myriad reasons. Yeah. They don't like it. Yeah. It's not, is also was like what eight dollars? Like I'm like it's not like I sent back a steak and was like this isn't what I like. It, it was just and also none of it matters. But I was just like, dude, really? That's an insane. Pol- I think that's illegal. I, that's what I said. I was walking away. I was like, and it's illegal. And it's like I'm just trying to have a birthday. And I was like, and also I'm gonna call OSHA. Like yeah. it's like I was freaking out. I've never fucking heard of that. That's no, insane. No. And I'm sure they're just like this fucking bitch, but I'm like, whatever, man, that's nuts. No one should get in trouble for this. Cause nothing bad happened. It's fine. It's fine. It happens. Anyways. And I'm like, and now I feel like I'm some crazy bitch whenever I go to a restaurant. Cause I'm like, somehow I find myself in these situations where I have to make, I'm like, where I have to make a scene. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Like uh, they gun to my head. Gun to my head. I had to be a huge bitch in a restaurant. But I mean, that's insane. Right. Okay. Thank you. I was like, I mean, obviously I was coming to it with some, uh, some burden, you know, emotional burden. But I also was like, I was like, did I take it out on that Thai restaurant? And I was like, no, they were, that's crazy. That's crazy. For them to like confront a guest and be like, (laughs) well, now he's punished. I'm like, what? That's very, very cuckoo. Anyways. So um, next year, I'm going to just, like, go away to a secret cabin and not talk to anybody. Just get the curry next year. (laughs) (laughs) I did get a curry, and it was fucking delicious. Yeah. Anyways, fucking birthdays are bad. Don't have them. I tried not to, and that's what happened. Anyways. No good deed. I know. Um, How was your week? (laughs) It was good. Um... Yeah, I feel like I was, like, very busy this week, which is nice. I'm trying to, like, work less so I can have, like, a life yeah. and be, like, a human person. Yeah. Which is nice. Um, I did have, like, two very insane nights of service at my restaurant on Friday and Saturday. But not – I don't want to go into it, <laughs> but I just want to say one thing, which was very funny to me, which was that I came in on Friday and my manager was like – so AC is broken, won't be getting fixed till Monday. I was like, okay, cool. Cause which kind of makes sense. Like it's like, okay, if the AC breaks on Friday and like the HVAC guys can't like get the part or whatever till Monday, that's like just kind of how you have to go, I guess. Um, but then, <laughs> then the solution that they came up with was just getting fish tubs full of ice and putting like electric <laughs> fans behind them. So it like blows the like cold air off the ice, which is just hilarious to me because like my mom, who is like a 70 year old woman from Louisiana is like advocates that method. <laughs> like that to her is like the peak of comfort for some reason. And it's so funny. She's always like, when I'm like, yeah, New York, it's like crazy hot. Like the cement holds all the seat, blah, blah, blah. She's like, Okay, here's what you need to do. She's like, you get a bowl of ice water and a washcloth next to your bed, and then you get a bowl of ice and a fan on the other side, and you just kind of like, you know, You're just like, kind of. And it's 1947. It's 1947, and that's the cure. Oh it, my that god, that is so crazy. When people are like spending hundreds of dollars on dinner, and there's like. <laughs> 
God. I mean, I, I, luckily it wasn't like too crazy hot this weekend. Like a couple people were like, it was kind of warm in there. Or like I, I was on the patio, so I heard a couple people walk yeah. out and be like, it's actually cooler out here. But it wasn't so hot that people were like, the AC's broken. Nothing is, nothing is more, uh, I, I hate eating in a restaurant that's like stuffy and hot. Unless it's like I'm eating like tacos on the beach and it's like hot it's supposed to be hot mm. and i can drink beer but like any other situation i'm like no blast cool blast me bro you know i don't know i don't like being too cold when i'm eating though what no you gotta I'm... be a little chilly oh that God, make... no yeah i don't well, like that different strokes i like to be just like perfect well yeah i mean that's ideal but i'd rather to be, be too cold yeah. and too hot while i'm eating a meal I'm not I trying to think I would rather be too hot. You're question mark. I don't know. Crazy. Well, keep the fans in the ice then, you know? I don't know. Um, I'm going to have to do an experiment where I like force subject myself. <laughs> like I'm eating two dinners tonight. <laughs> one hot, one cold. No, I would do it on two different days. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go to one of those vodka bars where it's like everything's made of ice. Yeah. Perfect. For one. Yeah. But I'm just going to bring in like McDonald's. Okay. And then I'm going to eat McDonald's in 100 degree heat and Ew, see how I feel. That's disgusting. After the strike is over, goes without saying. Okay. Well, please don't do that ever. Um, okay. Time for subject time. Time for subject time. <laughs> um, this week we're talking about uh, prompted by many hilarious articles, hilarious yeah. slash terrifying articles we've both been reading about. The, um, about Hudson Yards in New York, the complex, the mall, the structure, the restaurant, the, the lifestyle. Man, the myth, the, the, the man, legend. the myth, the legend. It's Hudson Yards, the scariest thing to happen in New York since Godzilla. Or uh, King Kong, I mean, because that's the one who attacked us. I feel like there's been Godzilla spinoffs where, like... Oh, right, he has been. Th- okay. He's been, he's he's been, been these here. pops. <laughs> He's been around these But when you think Godzilla, you don't automatically think New York. You think King Kong, you think Empire State Building. Oh, of course. I, I, we stand an icon. <laughs> we stand a we stand a problematic fave, King Kong. I feel like New York, like King Kong, but like what's the modern terror? Like what's the modern like supernatural? What do you nine eleven monster? No, God, Jesus! I'm talking about mon- what monster would attack New York? New York? Mm, I don't know. I'm not a fuck. I'm not into the super that kind of thing. Well, neither am I. I'm okay, just okay. Well, to, let's move I'm, on. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, I'm just trying to paint a picture for the listeners. I think I did with two different monsters mm-hmm. already. Jeez. So, anyways, if you're not familiar with this situation, if you don't live in New York um, or you don't care, which are both are fine, both are valid. Um, a private real estate company has built a brand new neighborhood and essentially. What? I'm just shaking my head at the whole part. Oh, I thought you were like, that's wrong. I was like, ah, okay. I was like, no, Lillian. Yeah, I was like, well, then we're fucked for this episode because I don't know what the fuck's going on. So a new neighborhood has been built in the west side of uh, New York City that includes uh, condos, workspaces, restaurants, a giant fake art sculpture that's hideous and everyone hates and is scary. And it's essentially... (laughs) That analysis... That's how I feel about it. It's fucking terrifying and everyone hates it. The staircase? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. We'll talk about it more in depth. But anyways, it it um it includes a lot of cross sections of horror that yeah. I feel are applicable to this podcast. Um 
food, real estate, gentrification, billionaires. It yeah. touches all of the scariest it, all things. All of our stuff. Yeah. I, um, it's particularly horrifying for me as someone who grew up adoring Nora Ephron movies, which all took place on the Upper West. And, like, the West Side now is actually from from tip to toe. <laughs> the West Side is a true hellscape. Um, if you walk the High Line, as I like to do, because I actually enjoy the High Line, yeah. sue me. I know. No, I feel the same way. I know it's problematic. It's the development on the West Side is... Bone chilling. <laughs> I had to think what it was. Kelly was revving up for that. I was watching with my eyes wide. I couldn't think. Like, yeah. I was going to say teeth chattering. <laughs> Any kind of a review you might write for the Goosebump series, <laughs> Kelly feels that way about the development on the it's West Side. horrifying. I also saw The Wife on the West Side. I went to the Landmark Cinema, which is on, like, 57th yeah. and 12th, and someone was flossing their teeth in the theater. No, guys, do not. Um, I'm, I'm mostly familiar with Hudson Yards because that's where you catch buses to Boston mm. and D.C., I think. Uh, D.C.'s more... But anyways, that's, like, the bus. So I was always wading through all of these construction sites since I moved to New York and to now know that that's what was, I just, I guess I just didn't realize the scope of this development and what it actually was happening. Otherwise I would have chained myself to those hideous buildings years ago. That shit is crazy. Yeah. So I think for those who haven't been following this story, basically Hudson Yards was this undeveloped parcel of land in Manhattan, which is very rare. Yes. And so under uh, Bloomberg, well, first they tried to court the Olympics, which is absolutely demonic. Yeah. And then they were going to build a stadium to bring the Jets back to New York, which is also, it's not demonic, but it's just it's gonna, like, yeah, we don't kind of cuckoo. Yeah. And then they were like, okay, we're going to build a like developed community and housing and what the project became over by building like a, a platform essentially over these old train tracks yeah. and like develop this. And then basically the new school did a study that like $6 billion yep. dollars were poured public money. Yeah. Tax. Not, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. not, it didn't take $6 billion to develop $6 billion of public money plus the private investments to build this fucking yep. hideous, Yes. Well, they also, they did that whole, like, gerrymandering, like... Yes. With, like, public development, public housing, like... So they they made the... Um, which, if you know anything about the Bronx, this is crazy. Um, or about New York. They made the district. It's, like, includes part of the Bronx. It yeah. It includes, like... It includes parts of New York that are not even remotely close to Hudson Yards to be, like... So they can get public funding... There are all these visas that people are coming to work in Hudson Yards and like private foreign investors mm -hmm. can invest in Hudson Yards and then come over because there are visas that say if you like pledge money to develop underdeveloped parts of the country. Yeah, you can bring, it's, it's crazy. Fucking it's disgusting. I, I know that's an over, but it's really fucking gross. Well, it's gross because it's like six billion dollars of public money. Yeah. If that had been spent on like public housing, yep. public transportation, like it would have, like, yep, yeah, changed the entire yes. city, yeah, yeah. And instead, it's changed like 
10 buildings. I it's it's fucking it's a horror show. So um there's a there's a lot of really really great articles out there if you want to read a little bit more. One that I found really compelling um is in uh New York Magazine and it's by um Justin Davidson who's an architect and he spoke at length about it's through the, an architect's like le- architectural lens but he also just talks about what it means to build a brand new city almost like it's not in and of itself a city but this is sort of like unprecedented for New York it's it happens in other countries like Dubai and all that but which a lot of people make that that comparison but it's it's just creating this this space, which is just so wholly devoid of, of character. It's like an, it's a, an art directed billionaires enclave of, of security and isolation. And it's really, really scary to think about this, this, what he wrote was like, I felt like I was falling through stories of a building. I was just like, this is terrifying, probably related to my panic attack on my birthday. Thanks a lot. New York mag doing research, you know? Yeah. Kelly's making throw up faces when I'm talking. Um, it's just a very, it's a very strange concept to come in contact with. I feel like, and it's, it's, it makes me really, really sad. I I texted this link to Kelly. I was like, I'm like about to cry reading this, talking about this, this phenomenon. It's crazy. It's crazy. I think, for anyone who lives in New York or has any like warm feelings for New York, it's so antithetical to like what we do here as like a communal project. Mm -hmm. It makes me really sad. I'm also someone who's like very much of the opinion, like when um, Amazon was like thinking about coming to New York, I'm like, all the tax breaks, like this project getting $6 billion, it's like, you don't have to draw people into New York. Like New York sells itself, but what it's selling is the culture that mostly comes from the poor people, from the black people, from the brown people that live in this city. And so like to sell the city out, to bring these people in, like it's just, it boggles the mind because it's so, it makes no sense. No, it doesn't. And it's like, it's almost just this weird thing of like the, the flight, the white flight it within your own city. Yeah. And it's exactly. like turning that concept around on it. And it's like now the poor people like live outside of the city and go into the city to work for the rich people who have built their own private space out in the middle of no, it, it's, it's very fucking weird. It's very weird. I think specifically from a service standpoint, um, it like calcifies class relationships in an extremely troubling way because it's like not only establishing a permanent underclass in the city, but it's saying that the only way that poor people can make a living is literally serving rich people. Yes, exactly. And so it's like Hudson Yards theoretically is supposed to create 55,000 jobs. Right. But what are those jobs? It's not people in their communities. It's not making people's lives better in their, in their city they live in. It's, it's doing the opposite. Yeah. And it's alienating them from the city that they ostensibly live in. Maybe not even. Right. And like, 
And it's just so troubling, too, because it's like, not only like, okay, $6 billion could have been reinvested in the city. It's like, who is offered the chance to develop the city? Yeah. And it's these like private firms, these investors who have no skin in the game. It's the owner of the Miami Dolphins. I know. (laughs) It's so bizarre. I really didn't fully understand it at all. And I'm like, I'm, I'm really shocked that there wasn't, I mean, now that it's done, I'm like, thanks for the fucking articles, but maybe I just wasn't paying attention while it was being built. I really didn't hear. I think it, it's been such a large, I mean, this is like, it's we're been seeing years. it now because it was developed. The whole project was developed under Bloomberg, but also in the immediate aftermath of the housing crash. Right. So it seemed like, like it was sold at, as a revitalization. Right, of course. And it was sold as like, okay, like we're in this lull so we can bring people in and that'll help be a boon to the city. But now 15 years out of the housing crash, you can see that all that it did was like, you didn't need to bring rich people in. No, the housing crash itself brought rich people. Of course. Right. It created the vacuum that rich people filled up. You know what I mean? Like it, it just, and I, I'm sure economists could have said that in 2008, but I'm, I don't know. There wasn't Twitter back then. I don't know why it didn't. I didn't. I don't know why it didn't take hold. AOC wasn't in Congress. You know, we were fucked. Oh my god. We have to talk about AOC more in depth sometime. But um, on the Patreon. Oh, good call. On the Patreon, we'll do we'll, we'll do a deep dive into our complex. <laughs> Our complex thoughts and feelings. Um, So not, so not only is the real estate is essentially the the biggest, craziest part of this, the real estate issue and, and all that surrounds it, but also the mall. So it it essentially is creating a place where people don't ever have to go into actual New York city. Right. So you can live in Hudson yards. You can go buy Louis Vuitton and fucking eat at these garbage restaurants in this mall. You can see the fucking art sculptures, whatever the fuck. There's like event spaces. There's the, the shed. It, it, they're the shed. Yeah. So that's like everything you could possibly want for your hideous lifestyle is right there. What? By the way, the shed is the name of the party house. Oh in yes. The town Sorry. that I grew up in. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. I think I'm remembering that right. I have to, I should text Chloe, but um, I think it was called the shed that was like, that was like the big party house. Well, your life has come full circle. <laughs> I know, here I am. Um, so there is a mall that's like a crazy luxury mall that also has like H&M for, you know, not the classy people or whatever the fuck. And then they also, it's just, it's, it's nuts. Well, the thing is, is like <laughs> luxury is such a fucking, like <laughs> the production value of a fucking Chanel bag and the production value of an H&M bag is like so marginal. Yeah. Like the difference between those two, it's like, it's just branding. So it's like, it's a luxury mall, but like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, anyways, it's so, but there's a lot of like the restaurants there are something that I find particularly interesting. Obviously that's what we're talking about. Which is what we're talking about for the most part. Half an hour in, we'll talk about restaurants. Um, (laughs) But um, you're going to type five, type five. And then we're like, goodbye. This is the new us. Um, So most of the reviews, like, and we were saying too, that all of the negative reviews about this entire thing, whether no matter what you're focusing on have come from mainstream media, like 
New York Times, New York Magazine. Like everyone's like, this place wholly sucks and is evil. Like yeah, publications that are not like of the people for the people. No, by yeah, the people. You're talking New York. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's all everyone across the board hates it, but no one hates it more than Eater <laughs> and Ryan Sutton, <laughs> who, if you. I mean, maybe, I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast if this were the case. Maybe restaurants aren't particularly interesting to you, but if you do want to hear restaurant <laughs> culture, I don't know, some people don't work in restaurants and listen know, to this podcast, yeah. but, you know, whatever. They come for the celebrity value of you oh, and I, yeah, no, you know? Of course, of course. But if you like reading, like, if you love hate stuff, these reviews that garner zero stars almost across the bar board zero and one stars of the restaurants within the hudson yard mall they are exquisite burns like every single one is just like the one of the quotes is like if someone does drag you here i guess get the beef tartare i'm like dying they're amazing all of these overblown poorly executed vegas style restaurants by celebrity chefs are an absolute travesty. And it's just so crazy because it's like, you expect large-scale gross restaurants like in Ohio or... Not of this level, but I'm like, you can go to New York and get fucking amazing food on almost every street corner, and it's just such a fucking slap in the face to go to these overblown restaurants that are charging $200 for an entree. It's also like, I mean... Like we just went to a cellar, like there's a time and a place for expensive food. Sure. But it should deliver something that is more more thoughtful, something. special. Yeah. There's more it's more History. laborious. The product it's delivering is better. Like there has to be some cause behind two hundred dollar fish. Yeah. Because yeah. that you can just throw a line out in Long Island. You get something. Hey, do what Kelly and I do every weekend. We go to Long Island. We crack Strong a couple Island. beers. Okay. Strong Island. <laughs> I loved it that we're our secret. Our secret. <laughs> That's our side hustle. Yeah, our side hustle is selling fish we catch in Long Island. <laughs> um Fucking. Uh, I also just want to say for those who, like, don't follow Eater, Eater is, like, openly one of the e most easily bought publications <laughs> like they'll say like the hottest restaurant in new york is like shake shack you know what i mean like they just throw them a couple hundo and they're like they're like oh yeah we are absolutely loving um <laughs> carla from top chef's hot chicken restaurant yeah yeah like, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah they're so easily bought so for them to be writing these bad reviews it's like you know it's bad. Yeah, I mean, I guess I feel conflicted because I do find some eater stuff to be helpful, but you have to be able to look to through the yeah. But um, but yeah, these. So you had you found an article that showed the comparison of like just what these restaurants serve, and I just want to like the rest. The food's not only bad to average; it's unreasonably and making a point expensive, as in what we just said, you're not paying for a very rare fucking fit. You're not paying for like a dry aged steak. It's expensive as the point. That's the point is to be expensive and exclusive. And it's fucking disgusting. It's also like, I mean, this is what I'm about to read, but it's like, it's because it is a mall and because rich people are babies and they're so isolated in their lives, you can't really have experimental food. You can't really, no do something innovative and unusual and cool because 
it's not going to get. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, you know, Vespertine or whatever that stupid ass restaurant is out in LA. Um, I don't think that's a value either. And I've talked about that on this podcast, but at least they're trying something. Yeah. Like this is for anyway, the dumbest, the dumbest of yeah. the dumb lowest of the low. Four of eight full-service restaurants serve Dover Soul. <laughs> the cheapest is 38. Tack Room charges 85. That is fucking criminal. Every single fourth-floor restaurant serves burgers. Seven of eight full-service restaurants serve steak. You might say, hey, hey. steak. You yeah. know, that's what we eat in this country. But literally half of the full-service restaurants would qualify as chop houses or steakhouses. That's so boring. And it's because it's catering to, like, Trump. Yeah. Like, it's catering to men who are Trump or Trump-esque. Who think because something is $150, that means it's good, and they're good for being able to afford it. Yeah. Three of the four steak places are on the fourth floor. Jesus. Four of the eight restaurants serve similar starters, Half serve beef tartare, nearly half serve crab cakes. I mean, I love all of those things, but Jesus Christ. Um, and it's also like, I read a lot of reviews that focused on like, they're like, also, if you are eating at a restaurant that is expensive, which doesn't mean it's good, but is expensive, you would think the service would show that. Elevate it. Right. And they were like, no one said goodbye to us as we left. We spent $500 on our dinner. No one fucking, I didn't get a drink till halfway through my steak. Like just stuff that's like completely unacceptable. Yeah. The, the, um, review of Milos is, um, like particularly galling because basically they're saying that like the servers who are not helpful, but are also intentionally obfuscating the price of the food yep. so that you get your check and you're like, Oh, this is a hundred dollars more than what I thought. Cause yeah. they do, it's a seafood restaurant. So they do everything by the pound. So they tell you, but then it's like this weird equation that like doesn't work. They're like, so it's this, but then like the fish might weigh like six more pounds than you thought. Or, Cause you can get like these large yeah. fucking things that everyone shares. And then you're paying like, which is like on one level hilarious to me. Because, <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that's the thing when I was reading these, I was like, this is so crazy. And I'm like, but also so funny because it's the worst people getting duped. Yeah. But it makes me like, it's also like, this is supposed to be like a tourist attraction. And part of the, like part of all of that, like government subsidy came from the idea that like public land, like it was going to be public land and there was going to be public use. And it makes me sad to think like, if that happened, like, I don't give a fuck if that happens to some rich guy, but if it happens to a tourist and they're like, this is going to be so fun. We're just going to go get some shrimp cocktail. And then they're like, why is a shrimp cocktail $800? Yeah, seriously. That makes me really no, sad. No, I know it does. But it was very funny just thinking of, it's like, <laughs> It's so funny to me. That's like, um, it feels very like Goodfellas-esque to like go to a restaurant and they're like, oh yeah, we're going to get you a nice, uh, <laughs> uh, fish. Yeah. Market price. Nice fish. We're going to get you something. And then they're like, okay, just charge him 200 bucks. He doesn't know nothing. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. It is running a scam. Well, yeah, I was reading that it's sort of, tra this whole New York dining thing kind of was traced back to, I'm fucking forgetting his name cause I'm an idiot right now, but the, the guy, per se, that restaurant. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Keller, right? Yeah, Keller, exactly. So they were um, 
like they're like Adam Sandler went on Conan O'Brien in like 2004 and and mentioned per se and it became this whole thing where which like he's a hideous person. The fingerprints of Adam Sandler being <laughs> on the dining scene of the city I live in. <laughs> An absolute nightmare. Wake up, Kelly. You're not dreaming. <laughs> it's real life. God. But kind of brought into like the like general audience like idea of this like fine dining, this extreme fine dining idea and how that has like bled out and made it acceptable for entree. Like basically this person said this guy, Keller, mm-hmm. and per se, and and he was like a consultant for like Ratatouille or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Which don't even get me started on that movie. No, I've never. I would never watch that movie. But that made people think it was acceptable to charge to start charging that much money for an entree. That is crazy. Isn't that crazy? But that's like, and everything is. Thank just God, keeps... Pete Wells took down Per Se in 2013. We salute you, Petey. That was epic. Once again, it was epic. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah, good times. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so it's just it's really interesting how these like trends and like disgusting amounts of money just like blow up everything into this like inedible garbage. Yeah, and I think like it's such a metaphor for the Hudson Yards itself, which is that like these are restaurants that like they don't even have investments in like return business no. because like the service is bad. The food is bad. All they need is for like a hundred people to come in every night and spend a thousand dollars and they can just keep cycling yep. through different, yep. a different hundred people every yep. night and then they're going to run out and then the restaurant will close. And that's like what the Hudson Yards is. It's like, uh. why do you cater to rich people? They're, they're not, Cause that's not a community no, that they're living in. Right. And that's the thing that always, there's certain kinds of service that make me really sad. Not unlike airport food where, and it doesn't always make me sad. Cause you can find like, I've had really meaningful experiences in airport bars that I think that's like a very unique thing, mm-hmm. but that's the same thing. It's like, you're just churning and burning and it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. And then they'll move on to the yeah, next thing. And right. the people who can afford to do that are going to move on to the next thing because like, that's going to be the next like show of wealth. And that's going to be the next like ostentatious thing to do. And that's, what's going to happen to the apartments and the offices and Hudson yards is like, people are going to be like, okay, cool. Like where's the next spot? Where's the next luxury three and a half million dollar, two bedroom condo that I can move into. You know, is it going to be uptown? Is it going to be downtown? Is it going to be in, it's probably going to be in fucking PLG, you know, next thing we know. Where am I going to be? Not in New York City. I'm going to be fucking in a ditch upstate. (laughs) I'm going to be face down in a ditch. (laughs) I'm going to be in a shallow grave in Poughkeepsie. I'm going to do Gone Girl, but I'm actually going to kill myself, unlike that fucking coward. (laughs) What's her name? The gone, the, the girl who was gone, the girl who was gone on the train, <laughs> the titular, the titular girl <laughs> with the dragon tattoo. Um, you know, all of those combined, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, God, fuck. It's very depressing and I'll never go there. Even though I live on the seven, the seven line and it's so fucking easy. You're right. And a billion dollars was poured into the seven line to bring it on out to Hudson Yards. I mean, thank God, but <laughs> it's just like it's so upsetting and just truly thinking about I mean even thinking about like the Bronx in the 70s 97% of the buildings burned down yeah if they had put 6 billion or whatever adjust it for I don't know inflation 
a billion dollars into the Bronx. Like, do you know, like, if every public high school in the Bronx had had mm-hmm. part of a billion dollars poured into it, if all of the public housing in the Bronx had had part of a billion dollars poured into it, like, it could have be- become, and not a shelter for rich people. I don't want to create the Hudson Yards in the Bronx. I want to create, like, imagine Hudson Yards <laughs> in the Bronx. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. We- <laughs> Even further uptown, <laughs> if you can imagine such a thing. But, like, what that would have done for the community yes, and what it would no. mean for the rest of the city. That's the bottom line of why this is fucking criminal. That's why. And fuck you, Bill de Blasio, especially. I'm not voting for you for president. Nev. Nev. Would, I didn't vote for you for goddamn mayor in the first place. So you know, go kill like, yourself. That was like the, like the draw of the Hudson Yards is like, they're like, oh, it's this like empty space. It's like, yeah, so was the Bronx. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well anyways anyway our bones melted our bones melted everything's sad i couldn't stop crying the other day you know it's uh but gonna be the best summer of our lives i can tell you the best summer (laughs) of our lives um we're really excited for boston oh yeah we're staying uh in an ancient hotel and i can't wait to tell you guys about the ghosts we see at the, the live show and the ghoulies. um we have my friend emily panic who's going to be hosting comedian bethany van delft who will be opening for us and it's going to be fucking sick we're going to get wasted with you as our you're our friends you pay ten dollars to be our friend sure it's a steal that's a steal steal it twice the price usually i charge kelly 30 for coming <laughs> over here <laughs> it's a damn racket <laughs> but um <laughs> Yeah, it's a Monday night. It's going to be early and lovely, and we'll make out with you if the t- oh. if it feels right. Kelly I mean, will. Yeah, yeah, it's on the table. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the table for sure. Been um, a long time for me, folks. Yeah. Well, um, those are all our thoughts on God and also on our live show. And as always, we're so appreciative of you mm-hmm. all listening and supporting us. It means the goddamn world. We'd be in the Hudson together dead if it weren't for you yeah and um please review rate and subscribe tell all your friends we want to get famous so oh and that the episode that we talked about last week that we recorded that we guessed it on is life's a- did we yeah we, we talked about oh, it last okay, great. yeah yeah and came li- out. listen to life's a banquet <laughs> i didn't know if we had said the we name did. yeah we did okay <laughs> um okay well that's it thank you guys thank you bye